Hallelujah. 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 It's so good to see everyone here tonight. Uh, it seems like a long time. Started turning on. So you get to have some fun tonight too. Hallelujah. Is your mic on? Did you open? No. Oh, oh, so, oh, they turned it off. I'm sorry. It's okay. You're, you're trying to save the battery. I understand. Hey, uh, do not leave quickly at the very end of the evening because we're we're going to sing happy birthday to a very special person that's here Thank tonight. You. Thank you. It's not my birthday. Okay. <laughs> Raise your hand if you ever watched the History Channel. It's a good channel. It's not a bad channel. You're not going to get all kinds of negative, nasty stuff. Now, raise your hand if you ever heard of the fifth columnist. The fifth columnist. I know you, all of you want to respond and say, wait, are you talking about the 13 original colonies of, you know, when they left Great Britain and landed on Plymouth Rock? And if you remember, the first colony was Jamestown. But no, that's not what I'm referring to. I'm referring to something totally different that you're going to find that a lot of nations have used. And so I'm going to concentrate on, on just the opening for a minute or two about the fifth columnist and thinking about the nation of Spain back in the 13 and 1400s when they would ever attack or rage war on a nation they would send their four columnists. And I'm going to explain in a minute. I'm, I'm, I, I'm hoping you're, you're excited to want to know what this means because this is going to lead into what Pastor Chris talked about. Sometimes I think Pastor Chris mm, watches my notes or something because, you know, I, I just love the way God connects us. Uh, you know, when, and you know that you are lined up with what the Word of God is going to come through the Holy Spirit. So I love that. But here's what this nation did. I'm talking about Spain. You know, a lot of you know that's where my last name is from. My, 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 uh, my grandfather was born in Spain. And so what Spain would do, whenever they would attack a nation, they would send four columns, not colonies, four columns of soldiers. And what they would do, they would line them up and they would come frontal, frontal attack. And soldiers were all lined up perfectly in four columns. And so I asked myself as I was watching this and researching this, I said, well, that's not an advantage to Spain <laughs> that was attacking these nations. And that's exactly right. A lot of the nations knew where the soldiers that were going to attack their nation or their cities or their towns or even the countryside were coming from because they could see them from afar. You didn't even need a binocular. They could see them from afar, that they were coming all lined up perfectly with their weapons and all their gear coming towards that town to invade that town. So of course, it was an advantage to a lot of these nations that had wonderful military because they were able to see where they were coming from to attack them. And here comes the story now. It gets a little bit more interesting. And I wonder if this happened in China, 
and in the Philippines and other places where way back then, that's the way the military mind of a, of a general worked. We're gonna do it this way and we're going to attack frontal force. So, but what happened was, very interesting story. Spain would send the fifth colonists. That fifth colony, uh, a fifth column of soldiers, they would arrive in that nation a year before it was planned to send the invasion of the four colonists, four forts. And so what, what happened was they would arrive and they would mix into the communities, into the town. This is a true story, you ought to Google this. They would miss, and and, and and you know, this happened in my own country in Cuba, where Fidel Castro and his regime sent out people way before he came into the capital, Havana, where I was born. So the fifth colonists all landed a year before the actual attack from Spain on any nation. They would come and they would take up residency and they would become doctors, lawyers, teachers, farmers, and they were already intermingled with that community or that town. Well, if you uh, think about this, what happened in Great Britain just a few years ago, a lot of people that came from other Middle Eastern countries that practiced not what the, the British government practiced in the former religion, they came in and migrated into a lot of the towns in Great Britain and England, and a lot of them were ready to pour out an attack on, on the empire of Great Britain. And that's when, and you haven't heard it lately, that's when they, there was so many bombs and, and people killed uh, because of these people that were radical Islam that were there in Great Britain. Well, this is kind of like the same concept. So the fifth columnists were ready and they were always, always in communication with the empire of Spain. So when the Spaniards came on land, the fifth columnists already that were there a year, they had already stirred up a lot of stuff. They had already, already created havoc. So when the four columns of soldiers were there, landed to attack that nation and conquer that nation for the better of Spain, the empire of Spain. It was an easy situation. Why? Because they had already infiltrated. It's almost like, like an espionage movie where they become saboteurs. If you ever heard of that word, that's a group of people that come in and they will blend in into a nation or into a town, and they, they have never given up their loyalty, their loyalty to where they came from. And that's what happened with, the, with this situation in the uh, History Channel, where it says Spain had great victories until a lot of nations started passing on information to other nations as they were experiencing the plight of the Spaniards coming in. So I want you to think this for a minute. Why did Pastor Pete bring up this story? Because see, Jesus Christ wants us to be those 
true saboteurs for his kingdom. Well, what, what am I saying? I want you to think for a minute. This is not a history lesson. This is a lesson about heaven. This is a lesson about heaven. Because Jesus knows we as believers are going to be amongst all these different cultures that exist in America. I'm only concentrating on America tonight. Okay? And so you and I are going to be placed in a most incredible, wonderful opportunity. Why am I saying that? Because you and I are actually behind the enemy line. We're in situations in this broken world, in this culture, the woke culture, if you want to call it, that has come out, that Jesus wants us to be representing heaven and him. Not, not to become part of the culture. And that's what happens. A lot of people, they that call themselves Christian, they get so wrapped up with what's happening in America today. Remember, I'm only talking about America now. That they start accepting what the culture is telling them. That's why you heard Pastor Chris talk about the importance, the urgency, and you heard about the urgency from Sister Sophie last Wednesday. Why? Because God is calling us and telling us to be awake, be alert, understand, do not accept this culture that's trying to change your heart and your mind. He wants us to be about the Father's business. And what's the Father's business? The business of Jesus Christ. And this leads into part number three of the discipleship. How important it is to be a wonderful, wonderful disciple to be able to disciple others in a culture that's such a broken, broken culture and a culture that's trying to tell you it is okay. It's only, don't look at it that way. It's only women's right if they kill the, 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 the innocent one that's in their womb. It, it, it is okay. It, it, it is okay for, for men to change, to say they changed their, their, their gender and now they're competing in women's sport. And see, that's how Satan continues sneaking in little by little. And so we, the warriors, the saboteurs, the ones that stand up for Jesus because we're about the Father's business. We, we are going to come and we're going to say no. And how do we do this? And, and let me tell you, all of you are paying very good attention. I may give you a little price at the end because I notice you're paying very close attention. But here's the interesting thing about all this. If you allow God to use you and I, he will use us to show Jesus to all these people Amen. in the broken culture Amen. that we live in. Amen. Because don't tell me you don't live in a broken culture. I don't care if you live in a nice neighborhood in, 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 in Parkland and this and that. There are broken people in Parkland. There are broken people in your community. So what better way for you and I that are behind the enemy lines to bring to bring this wonderful thing, which is new life, the resurrection, the salvation through Jesus Christ. Sometimes you don't even have to say much because people notice Jesus in you. Amen. And there's going to come a day that they're going to be curious. 
And they're going to want to know, what does he have that I don't have? He's always smiling. He's always saying praise God to me. He's always doing this or she's always doing that. And that's your opportunity to talk about the kingdom of God, Amen. which all of us sitting in this room and those that are listening online should be fighting for every day. We want to be that fifth columnist that stands up for the kingdom of God. So let's open up with prayer because it gets more interesting. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you for the word that you're about to bring through the Holy Spirit, Lord. As I always say when I come up here, and I'm so honored to be asked to come up and speak. Father God, I can't do this by myself. None of us can. This has to be done through the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us and gives us the right words and the right actions. And I ask you, Lord Christ, to give me that tonight through your Spirit. Guide us tonight, Lord. Show us in this third part of this message of discipleship how we are to take this so important of being those people behind the enemy lines in this broken world that can still bring Jesus, you, Lord, to them. Lord, we give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. In your precious name, Jesus, we pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen. So the greatest thing we can do as believers of the gospel of Jesus Christ is to imitate these great men that a lot of you hear when we come up here and speak about Abraham, Moses, Joe. We speak about all these wonderful leaders, and these leaders were broken at one time. They were broken, but yet God, God chose them. Just like I, you know, you hear people come up here and say, oh no, I was the worst. And I keep telling you, I was the worst. When you Google Paul, you'll see a picture of me beside Paul. And if you remember, Paul said that he was the worst of the worst. And I was the worst of the worst. Some of you don't want to believe it. You think I just walked into being a believer and everything was kumbaya. No, I was messed up pretty bad. I, I didn't honor God. I, 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 I made fun of the Bible. I know you're saying, what? And you are a pastor? Yes. I did things that none of you, I know a lot of you that are sitting here, you would have never done. You think Pastor Chris was bad? I was worse than Pastor Chris. I could run circles around the darkness of Pastor Chris. That's where I was. And Pastor Pam would tell you that. Because she led me to Christ. Isn't that great? She led me to Christ. So, we're trying to take these great men and women of the Bible that day before us, even the evangelists of the gospel of Jesus Christ that we see and hear about today, we're to imitate them. If they're speaking through the Holy Spirit, like what you witnessed here, this wonderful evangelist, Pastor Adam, come on and, 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 and so boldly said to all of us that we're here in this room, there's only one way to heaven, and that's through Christ. Amen. And that's through Christ. And you know, evil does not want to hear that. Evil tries to confuse us, uh, mix us up with all kinds of ideas and it's okay to do this. It's okay to believe in a little bit of cheating of this and cheating of that and lying of this. And, and that's how it happens. Little by little you start to say, oh, it's okay, you know what? I did a little bit of drugs the other day, but I still love Jesus. 
But what do you think is going to happen? You're the one, or I would be the one, to be separating ourselves from Christ. No one can separate us from the love of Jesus for us. But we can surely separate ourselves when we think it's okay. Everybody does it. Why can't I do it? And they even call themselves Christian. <clears throat> Don't ever worry about what anybody does. Worry about your relationship Amen. with Christ. Amen. That's what's important. Your relationship needs to be unique, needs to be passionate, needs to be full of commitment and understanding that great commission that he has given you and I Amen. to serve him. We were not made to lally down around the around this world and have a good time and, and do this and do that. We were made to serve God Amen. and to be great disciples to disciples of it. And that's what, what this deals with this message, part three. We need to definitely imitate Christ at our jobs. And how do you do that? I remember when I first became a born again Christian, I asked, I asked God, well, how do, I, how do I let people know that I love you? And that you're first in my life. This is when I first gave my life to Christ. Okay? And it was so easy because I, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, just be about the Father's business. You don't have to be about anything else. Don't worry about saying any words. Just let them see Jesus in you. Amen. And I said, wow, that, that's awesome. Um, definitely imitate things at home. How, how do you react at home? How do you act with your husbands and wives? Do you try to be more like Jesus? Because all of us, all of us sometimes fall short of that. And I'm number one. I'm number one. And you notice Pastor Pam went like this. Right? So, but even to imitate Christ in church. Mm, how do you do that? Well, you show compassion. You show love. You show the hope not in you, the hope in Christ. You show the future not in you, the future in Christ. You try not to come to the church to bring your own ideas and division and think and think it's okay. No, it's not okay. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, it is not okay. Gotta be careful not to jump on the bandwagon to think everything that the world presents to you is okay. It is not okay. And you know what? If you and I are not sure, well, ask, ask one of your brothers and sisters here. Hey, what do you think about this? I saw this on Facebook. And, and, and you know what? I, I want to try that. Ask him before you leap. Amen. Because it could be a road that you, may not, you and I may not recognize. Could happen to me. A road to an early start getting to hell. Remember, I told all of you, I was going to hell. Federal Express. And Christ saved my life. And when I say that to people, some of them look at me and they go, but you? Yeah, me. That's why no one is sitting here tonight can think that I'm ever going to be better than you. I'm no better than anyone. I'm a sinner. But I know that I was saved by the grace of the mercy of Jesus Christ. And that's what is written in my little passport. I'm a believer in Christ. And that's all I need to travel anywhere. I'm not talking about the uh, COVID-19 shock passport. I don't even have anything like that. Neither one of us does. 
Can you go to Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16? And you read this so many times. So many times you read this. You and I. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It, it is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Now thinking about, start thinking real quick before I finish reading the scripture, that you and I are, the, are to be the salt and the light of this earth, okay? You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do, you, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let and here, here's verse 16, which is it just brings it home. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. This ties into part three of this message of you and I going out there and discipling others. Because we need to disciple others. We need to let others know. Me at the gym and places that I go to, you at your job, you, and anywhere you go, we are to disciple others. Our job is not done until God comes to get us and raises us up with him. Our job is not done. I thought I was so naive when I gave my life to Jesus. First thing I think that came out of my mouth, I was by myself. Wow. Thank God, I'm done. Yeah, right. I'm done. It was just the beginning of little baby crawling steps. Amen. And I'm still there. I'm still there because God is teaching me great. Like the five columnists in the opening story that I gave you this, this evening, we are to totally be, listen to this if you listen to anything, totally be 100% different in our world. Amen. You and I cannot mix with the world Amen. and think we're not going to get tainted. You and I cannot mix with the world and think we're not going to be broken. Amen. You and I cannot mix with the world and think it's going to be okay. Yes, it's not. Yes, I don't even want to tell you I tried it and it didn't work. I'm afraid to try it. I am not going to try and mix with the world. I want to stand and people may say, look at this tall old Cuban. The way he acts so crazy. He talks about Jesus all the time. So what? I'm saved. Do you know what salvation means? That's what I would answer them. I've had people pose all kinds of questions to me at the gym and places that I go to and, 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 and you know, with the intent to break me down. And you know who lives inside of me? It strengthens me, right? And, 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 and I, I, I don't answer them with harshness. I just say, well, all I know is uh, I love my Lord Jesus and my, my love is no... no no greater for anyone else but for him. And they sometimes they turn around and they book. They leave my sight. So we're supposed to be different in the world, the cities, our towns, our community. Let everyone always see Jesus in you. We are not to break down and, and show the old dark person we once were when things get tough. Because sometimes we all go through that. Sometimes we may break down. And, 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 and things and you and you you'll recognize it because the Holy Spirit will let you know. Amen. I may say something that comes out of my mouth and I go, oh, I was the old Pete. 
What is that creeping up here? Get out of here. In the name of Christ. Because that's what happens. So, but do our very best to continue being the pure salt and brightness of all lights. We display salt and light. And folks will sooner or later want to want to want what, what, what we have. Or at least, again, I repeat myself, to be curious. What, 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 what is different about so-and-so? Why do they always have a smile? And why do they always tell me, God bless you? Why do they always tell me when they walk away, God be with you? What is that all about? At the gym, a lot of people think I'm crazy. They call me the religious guy. And I tell them, I'm not religious at all. I hate religion. Religion is never going to save my life. Relationship. Talk to me about my relationship with Christ. Then we're on the right ballpark right there. If you could, go to 1 Corinthians Chapter 9, verses 19, 19 through 23. 1 Corinthians, chapter 9, verses 19 through um, the 23. And we only have a few more scriptures left. <clears throat> For though I am free from all men. Can you actually say that? Are you free from all men, the loss of men? I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. And remember, this is Paul. When Paul came across... And many people that didn't think like him. So he had a mixed in. But he never compromised the word of God. Never. Okay. So. And, and, and to the Jews I became as a Jew. That I might win Jews. And to those who are under the law. As under the law. That I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without the law. As without law. Not being without law toward God. But under law towards Christ. That I may win those who are without law. To the weak I became a sweet. That I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men. That I might be all means save some. Now, verse 23. Now, this I do for the gospel's sake. That I may be a partaker of it with you. Now, he never said, I hung out with a pornographer. And became a pornographer so I could win them to Christ. No. I hung out with a cheater that cheats on his wife so that I could be a partaker with Christ and bring the gospel. No. That is ludicrous. That is crazy. That's why those fifth columnists, they were never led to change their loyalty to their nation, the empire of Spain. They never gave up because they were waiting. They were waiting for the four colonists to come and, and bring the battle on to these nations that were trying to destroy them. And they beat them to the punch. They got ahead of them. Sometimes we believers may have to go into different, a difficult situation. Raise your hand if you've never gone into a difficult situation here to speak to someone about Christ. Nobody better raise your hand. I'll have to see you after class. Okay, but or difficult uh, conversation. Sometimes the conversations can be difficult. But again, whether you're leading the women's Bible group or a men's Bible group, whether you are leading a group outside of the church, ooh, ooh, your commitment, your loyalty is with Christ, Amen. not with the group. Amen. If the group goes a different direction, 
you as a leader need to bring the group back. Amen. You're not just saying, they're my friends. They don't mean anything by it. You think God is going to say, oh yeah, that's okay, Pete. That's okay. No, he's not. You are to stand where others will not stand. You are to preach the word where others will not preach the word. You are to give the glory of God where the others don't even want to mention God. That's you and I. We're held to a higher standard. I know some of you are saying, man, Pastor Pete, I feel like you're beating me up tonight. I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm trying to tell you what a lot of us come up here and tell you from our hearts that there is an urgency. We have to wake up. We can't let this culture suck us into the way of thinking. I've had people at the gym trying to explain to me that it's okay to kill the child after the child is born. What is that called? Fentanyl? Whatever that's called? Say it again? Yeah. That, that it's okay. And then they give you the reasons. Well, the woman maybe cannot afford uh, to keep going to school. Are you kidding me? That's murder. But people are believing that it's okay to murder them. Who do you think God is going to be beside? That person that says, it's my right? No, it's not. Not when you take the life of another. Especially another that cannot even fight for himself or herself. Life is precious. Some of you brought... One of our wonderful person brought her family here tonight. You look at look at both of these beautiful girls and ask yourself, would I not want to have been with these two beautiful girls sitting beside me tonight? I am glad that they are part of my life. I am glad that they are here with me tonight. And I will bet you if you saw, you showed this to a lot of women when they go to some of these pregnancy centers, they say up to 88 to 90% of the women that go to these pregnancy centers that they can get an abortion, when they show them that, what is that, x-ray or ultrasound. ultrasound. They show that ultrasound and they see the baby and they, and they, can, see, they, can, feel, they can see the heartbeat and they can see the limbs moving. A lot of them say, nah. I want to give life to my baby through God. And that's what we have to convey and make sure we stand. Approaching all circumstances for Christ's sake, first with love, then with Christ's boldness. Yeah. Don't come in as a gangbuster and try to beat people and say, oh, you're going to hell. Forget you. Forget you. No. Come in with Christ's love. Amen. But you got to be bold. Amen. Don't try to put C foot around it and think it's okay. You're, you're just a, a, a brand new baby believer. You can do that. It'll be okay. No, it's not going to be okay. And you know what? You are responsible too for that person. Amen. God is going to look at you and I if we do not step up. And if we see things that are not going the right way and these people are heading to hell, Federal Express like I was, and you and I don't speak up, shame on us. What do you think God is going to tell us when we come, when we come before Him? Being Christ, being Christ-like, being the way, the, being Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. 
never speak ever of things to others that edifies Jesus if we truly do not believe in him. Don't be a hypocrite. Speak the truth about Christ. Amen. Speak it with love, compassion, his grace and mercy, but speak the truth about Christ. Don't, don't be a hypocrite just to get people to want to hang out with you. I know people that do that so people can like you. Who cares? If they don't like you, you're doing something right. You're doing something right. The last important point on this one, looking at scripture, we see the way that Jesus loved others as we, we as his disciples imitate that we become more like Christ. This is all part of that discipleship steps that we need to have. Once we follow these discipleship steps, we'll be able to disciple others and those people we disciple will be able to disciple others Amen. after us. And that's what we want. If you could go to Matthews chapter 9, verses 36 to 38. We have one more after this. Matthew 9, 36 to 38 says the word of God. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. Because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful. But... Uh, labors are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send our labors into his harvest. Simple as that. Why do you think he called us to make disciples of others and go out? Go out and make disciples of others. Because we need to bring others into the fold. Amen. We need to bring others that can stand beside us and, 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 and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's as simple as that. I don't have to go into anything else about this. It's as simple as that. God gives us the opportunity. We are to take the opportunity. And the last scripture, if you could, go to Luke chapter 5, verse 16. Very short, very simple, and you understand this. You know, I always say to people, the word of God doesn't have to be hard. It's simple. Oh, but wait a minute. What's the common denominator? Those of you that know mathematics. The common denominator is that it has to be about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Simple word has to make sense because it comes from the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not the gospel of Pete, not the gospel of so-and-so, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. So, 5.16, so he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. This is Christ we're talking about. We always bear the importance of prayer and reading the Bible is in our daily living. Not just reading devotionals, but the word of God and going to the prayer. You heard that this afternoon. How important it is. If you really want to have a relationship with Christ, you have to be in the word. And not, well, pastor, is it okay if I'm in the word once a week? No, it's not okay. I got to tell you boldly. I'm not telling you anyone here how to live, but if you're living for Christ, you have to be in the Word every day. Amen. If you and I are living for Christ, we have to be in the Word every day. You know what the Word did for me once I became a born-again Christian? The Word kept me from being that crazy knucklehead Cuban that I was. It kept me from going back into that darkness. Because let me tell you, you can easily weasel yourself back into that darkness. So when you're in the word every day, in prayer and every day, 
Oh my goodness. You watch the heavens open up on you. The heavens will open up on you. It is the most wonderful thing. And I'm running out of time. I'm getting the signal. I'm running out of time. We know as believers and should teach others that they are the first steps to grow our and others' relationship with God. See, that's what happens. When we disciple others, we continue growing because we're discipling them. And so we're growing in his word because we're listening to what we're saying. We're conveying the message from God and God is giving it to us. And it's just a wonderful thing. So we read in the scripture and others that even Jesus sought time to be with the Father and dedicated much time to prayer. This is a great step in discipleship. Others we disciple must always know where the strength comes from. Amen. Make sure you let them know it's not from you. I know I know none of you do that. Let them know it comes from God. You know, uh, I told you about that lady in the gym that said to me one time, she was introducing me to some people, and her husband and her sometimes come, and she said, you know, Pete over there, he's such a nice guy. Oh my God, every time he talks to you, it's almost like honey comes out of his mouth. And I'm serious. And, and, and here's what I said to all of them. I said, well, it's not me. And one of them, I guess he, he's not a believer that she was introducing me to. He looked at me, he goes, what do you mean it's not you? It's, it is you. I said, no, it's God that lives in me. And of course, he, he was like, what? What just happened here? That's what happens. When they don't know Christ, right, Sophie? They go, what? What just happened here? This is crazy, right? Why? Because the word of God is it, it, it's being planted in them. That seed, you're planting that seed. This is a great step in discipleship. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, point number three. So our definition of discipleship comes straight from the inspired word of God. If you could take anything tonight, just remember, we studied discipleship for, for three, three, three parts. But the word of God will teach you how to truly disciple others. Truly. When we give our lives to Jesus, it does, it does change our lives and, and the lifestyle. So in closing, in closing, imitating Christ and going to help others become more like Christ is what we are called to do as believers. Notice I don't say Christians, as believers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And his holy gospel. And, and, and as simple as that. All you have to remember is that. That. The biggest job you and I have. Is to let others know. About the true way. The true life. The true life. The true life. Which is Christ. And so. If you if you and I get to a point. That we're afraid to say too much. Because. Oh my God, they might think I'm crazy, whatever. Don't worry. Speak to them with God's love. Ask God to give you the words. He will give you the words. Sometimes it just takes one simple word. Amen. And I said this to say this in closing. I said that today to one of the guys that came beside me as I was doing my life cycle bike up on the second floor. And, and he was saying, man, I feel so good. Things are going well in my job and all that. He's a believer, but I know he's just a baby believer. And I go, isn't it great what Jesus is doing for you? And, and it was almost like he got hit with a baseball in the head. Like he forgot. It is Jesus is doing this for you, man. 
me because I talked to you about him. But it is Christ that loves you and wants to do great things for you and, and, and your family, wants to set you free. Why? Because he covers each and every one of us, I told him this, with his blood. We're covered by his blood. And nothing can come against us only if he allows it. Oh yeah, only if he allows it. Or only if we say it's okay to get away from the, the columns, the fifth columnist, and do our own thing and get mixed in the culture. Let's close in prayer. Father God, we thank you. We thank you.